Hello everyone. Welcome to Haunted 518, Upstate New York's paranormal podcast focusing on the 518 area code, hosted by me, Juliana Haliti. I'm so excited because this is the premiere episode of what I hope will become a way to appreciate all of our invisible residents in the 518. I've been wanting to do this for so long, I finally got my shit together. I have always been fascinated, intrigued, and, well, scared of the paranormal. I grew up being incredibly sensitive to energy, and after having more than a few unexplainable spooky experiences, I couldn't shake the feeling that spirits really do walk among us. So I figured I would start off the first few episodes with some local lore, some scary as hell ghost information, and a few of my ghostly experiences. Ideally, this podcast is meant to be a place to hear your local stories. Maybe you lived in an apartment in Albany that you swear your roommate may not have been the ordinary kind. Or perhaps up in Plattsburgh, your dorm room never felt quite right, like someone was always watching you. Or maybe in Lake George or Glens Falls or Troy, you physically felt something unexplainable. Or Clifton Park or Corinth, you swear you saw someone or something out of the corner of your eye when you know you were alone. Perhaps things move without explanation, maybe lights go on and off, maybe you saw something you can't forget. Whatever your story is, we want to hear it, and tell it, and we want to know where in the 518. It makes visiting or passing through and seeing these local spots a little more spooky and fun. The best part about starting this long overdue project for me has been the conversations I've had already. Meeting local people who are excited to share and hear each other's stories. Meeting people out and about who tell me they have a great story of a time they swear something paranormal happened to them has been so fun and wonderful. Makes me feel like we have our own little spooky community in the 518. So send in your stories. Until more come in, I'll continue to delight your love of all things spooky with some fun 518 lore and interesting ghostly tidbits. For the first episode, I thought we would cover a few of many reportedly major paranormal hotspots within the 518, but I first wanted to start this journey by going over some hair-raising, heart-pounding information that I think is important to know, especially if the idea of a haunting is new to you. For me, I think what is so interesting about telling and hearing ghost stories is seeing the commonalities. It's also a little eerie that so many people all over the world have such common experiences. I'm excited to hear about all of your experiences and maybe see if we find similar things happening within the 518. So here's a list of 16 common signs, a haunting 101, if you will, of how to tell if a spirit resides or has entered your house. One, weird animal behavior. If you have a pet, whether a dog or a cat or a bird, it's likely they'll start behaving differently in the presence of a spirit. Your dog may seem to bark or whine for no apparent reason. Your cat may be focused on watching something in the room while it appears they're staring at a blank space. Animals have stronger senses and it is believed that they have better psychic abilities to detect such things. Two, being watched by something. Most of us get this feeling of being watched throughout the day without even realizing when we turn around we see another person looking at us. It's almost like a sixth sense and it's not necessarily related to the supernatural. 
However, this extrasensory phenomenon, also known as the psychic staring effect or scopoathesia, can also enable us to feel if there's paranormal presence nearby. If you're getting this feeling constantly inside your house or at a specific time, you may be living in a haunted house. Three, unexplained noises and sounds. You keep hearing strange and unexplainable sounds, which can either be loud or rather subtle. The sounds could be like scratching, banging, knocking, things being dropped, and footsteps are definitely common signs in a haunted house. Four, flickering lights. Researchers have found that electromagnetic fields are usually stronger in reportedly haunted places, which result in unusual fluctuations. I'm not sure if that's related, but if you're experiencing a haunting, most likely your lights will frequently turn on and off by themselves. Moreover, other electronic devices like TVs, smartphones, and gadgets may also malfunction repeatedly. However, this could also be due to an electrical disturbance, so it's best to call a technician. Just double check. 5. Doors and cabinets slamming shut or opening. Although you may not see them happen with your own eyes, you may hear a door or a cabinet or cupboard opening or closing in the other room. Or you may come into a room finding a door or a drawer or a cabinet open or closed when you distinctly remember doing the exact opposite. You may also find furniture like chairs moved from their original place. 6. Things disappearing. The disappearing object phenomenon, also known as DOP, is very common in cases of hauntings. Regularly used items like car keys will disappear all of a sudden and will reappear seemingly out of nowhere. Once they disappear, you may look all over the house without success, and just when you've given up hope or forgotten about it, you'll find them exactly where you left them originally. 7. Shadow figures and orbs. You will see shadows moving momentarily out of the corner of your eye. Most of the times, these shadows will resemble a human form, although they may take any other shape and size. You may also see small orbs of light floating in the room. Paranormal researchers believe orbs are a form of ghostly manifestation. 8. Change in personality. Not all signs of haunting are supernatural in nature. Some can be psychological. If you or any of your family members suddenly act strange with frequent mood swings exhibiting a completely different personality, then it might be a sign of a ghost or a possession. The personality change in the person will be very distinct and noticeable. Some other common signs experienced by people who believe their house is haunted include unexplained feelings of dread and foreboding, change in family dynamics with excessive stress, anxiety, and negativity within the family, unexpectedly waking up between 3 and 4 a.m. and being afraid for no reason, feeling an inexplicable and sudden change in temperature, sudden financial problems in the household, unexplained abnormal smells like rotten food, smoke, perfume, and the stench of decay, feeling sadness or grief in particular areas or rooms inside your home. Apart from these common signs of a haunted house, there are some stronger signs which can be considered considered as evidence that your house is haunted. These extreme signs of a haunted house include, and this is where I start to get chills (laughs) because I can relate to some of these. Number nine, Feeling an invisible touch. Feelings of being touched by someone you can't see can be unnerving. You may feel someone breathing on your shoulder, someone lightly stroking your hair, a cold invisible hand touching you gently, something brushing past your skin, or a light nudge push or poke. 
10. Seeing psychokinetic activities. Hearing doors close and finding furniture has moved can be alarming, but when you actually start seeing these things happen with your own eyes and you can't find any rational explanation, then you can be sure of a haunting. If you see things moving on their own or light switch turning on and off by itself or even feel someone sitting on the bed beside you, then it can be considered proof that something paranormal is going on. 11. Hearing whispers and cries. You start hearing someone whispering or crying outside your room, especially at night. You may also hear these whispers or muffled voices brushing past your ear. Sometimes you may hear strange music coming from nowhere or someone calling you by your name. If some other member of your family apart from you has also experienced this, then you can be sure of a haunting. 12. Poltergeist Activity Although it's exceptionally rare, severe activities like poltergeist phenomena can be solid proof of a haunting. Extreme psychokinetic phenomena like levitating items, glasses or plates sliding off tables, photo frames or home decor flying off walls, furniture sliding across the floor or other moving objects are considered as poltergeist activities. 13. Cold spots. Variations in temperature, especially noticeable cold spots at specific places, are considered as solid evidence by most researchers. 14. Experiencing physical assault. Although these ten usually tend to occur in a case only of possession, vengeful spirits can also harm you physically. If you find unexplained scratches, clots or wounds on your body, especially after you wake up, or if you're experiencing hard pushes or shoves or slaps, then it's time to either call a priest or a genuine paranormal researcher. 15. Actual Physical Evidence Finding strange written notes or unexplainable handprints and writing on walls, unaccounted footprints on the floor are strong signs your house is haunted. And lastly, 16, witnessing apparitions. There is no stronger sign of a haunted house than personally witnessing the physical manifestation of an entity or spirit. As highly rare as these are, you may actually see indistinguishable shapes or translucent forms or mists resembling a human form which can disappear in an instant. Once you've seen an apparition with your own eyes, if you're lucky or unlucky enough, what more proof do you need? So now that I've sufficiently scared myself, especially because I can totally relate to some of the things I just mentioned, let's go ahead and delve into some 518 lore. So I invite you, sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing about these local paranormal hotspots. We're going to start in the south and work our way up. The first town is Athens, specifically the creek. 1.5 miles from the Hudson Athens Lighthouse is supposedly haunted by the spirit of Sally Hamilton, a young girl whose body was found mutilated and suffering from a broken skull under a bridge in the creek. Hamilton was the daughter of a prominent businessman, and he went missing prior to the discovery of her body. Next, we move on to Middleburg, the Dr. Best House and Medical Museum. As if waiting for Dr. Best to return home from a house call on his horse-drawn carriage, this Victorian house and office is a time capsule from the earliest form of medicine, with medical apparatuses that will turn your blood cold. Steeped in a village over 300 years old, this house has witnessed the death of the doctor's beloved son, young wife, and Dr. Best himself. 
Visit and hear the tales of deaths and misfortune in this small rural community with original obituaries, photos, and death certificates. Paranormal investigations have revealed significant activity with EVPs and recordings of piano playing and distant voices. Now we're going to head on to Cobleskill. The first property is the Bull's Head Inn, the oldest building dating back to 1802 in Cobleskill has a storied history. It served as a town hall, a courthouse, and a meeting hall, was an inn and a residence, and since the 1960, an inn again. However, the problems didn't start until after the new owner acquired a liquor license. Unbeknownst to him, he had established the bar in the bedroom of Mrs. John Stacy, the last near, the last resident of the house, a member of the Women's Christians Temperance Union and a committed anti-alcohol advocate. Mrs. Stacy makes minor trouble, the owner has said, by tossing silverware off tables, knocking over glasses, and throwing napkins about. Employees and guests also see an apparition in a long white dress or nightgown wandering through the dining room late at night. Despite moving the bar into the basement, guests have reported seeing a strange woman in period dress wandering the building and numerous strange events occur. Next, we'll have head over to Grapevine Farms. The farm was built in 1850 and was a working farm. Most considered it just a normal building until the new owners took over in October of 2002 and made it into a gift shop, bistro, and wine cellar. Numerous customers throughout the past 17 years claimed to have seen and felt many apparitions and heard unusual sounds which they recorded. Many do believe that David Hiltz and his wife who are buried on the premises are regular spirits on the second floor. The famed psychic Katie Manning recently made clear to the owners that on the second floor there was a distinctive sound of voices of the past. She also noted the sound of footsteps on the vintage staircase. Next we'll head over to Schenectady. First, we're going to talk about Vale Cemetery. The largest cemetery in Schenectady, Vale Cemetery, was opened in 1857 and is said to be a spooky place indeed. Witnesses say some of the statuary cries out at night or bleeds from the eyes or the tops of their heads. Black and white ghostly figures are alleged to wander through the grave sites and sit in trees, and strange lights have been seen and singing has been heard within the old church on the grounds. Next, we'll head over to Yates Elementary. At Yates, students report seeing children enter a mysterious locked door with a hidden staircase. Legend says the abandoned classroom was behind the door, but when the teacher was informed and investigated, no children were ever found that had entered that room. The room, according to the stories, was used to teach disabled students and was locked to keep them from leaving. Other stories mention ghosts in the bathroom and strange children's laughter on the ground. Next, we'll head over to Albany, to the Capitol building. Designed under the guidance of not one, not two, but five architects, it took over 32 years from breaking ground to finishing touches and cost more than 25 million bucks back in the late 1800s. Both workers and lay people alike have claimed to see apparitions or hear eerie noises at night. The haunting, the haunting tour takes visitors through the Capitol building in October, telling tales of ghosts like a man who jumped to his death from the fifth floor in 1890, and Samuel Abbott, a night watchman who died in a 1911 fire that mysteriously didn't burn any sacred Iroquois artifacts in the building. Also, be sure to try and find the small carved face of a devil that is tucked into a scroll-like carving along 
along one of the long, dark hallways. Legend has it that this architect was not paid in full for his work, so the last face he carved was that of a devil to curse the building forever. Now we'll head over to Brunswick. This place is pretty well known in the area. Forest Park Cemetery. Officially named Forest Park Cemetery, this haunted location is more frequently referred to as Pine Woods. It's an abandoned 1800 cemetery located outside of Troy and closed to the public, though the gates and fencing have been removed. So what makes this place so creepy? How about we start off with all the decapitated statues? <laughs> the story you'll hear people speaking about the most is the fact that the headless angel you see above bleeds supposedly bleeds from her neck at night if visitors were ever willing to take the risk of stepping foot inside of here they almost always would directly make their way towards the headless statue photographs featuring showers of orbs are often captured here leading many to believe that spirits are left lingering here disturbingly enough this isn't the only headless site you'll you'll find in side of pine woods many have claimed to see one particular headless statue and somehow with a head another reason people believe this could be one this could be haunted it could be one of the gateways to hell the unexplained phenomena that tends to occur at the entrance of the cemetery specifically near the receiving tomb Stories are told of visitors walking through the forested entryway finding themselves suddenly being scratched or pushed by an unknown spirit a more in more recent times when visitors have been equipped with cell phones the story goes that your battery will mysteriously lose power at a more rapid rate than usual shattered gravestones and vandalized mausoleums may disturb you but just think how disturbed the former residents must feel many feeling report many report feeling cold spots or something that doesn't allow them to leave as well as a lighter phenomena like the sound of children's laughter i just wanted to take a moment and interject here with a personal story of mine Years ago, I was doing a photo documentary project, and I happened to choose Pine Woods. I had never been there before, and I really didn't know that much about it. I visited several times while documenting, having spooky and unexplainable experiences every time. On one memorable afternoon, I parked by the mausoleum entrance in the cemetery's gravel driveway. After taking some photos and spending some time there, I I began to feel an overwhelming sense of fear. I made my way back to leave. My car would not start. I immediately had an overwhelming sense that I couldn't leave, that I was stuck, and I tried and tried and nothing worked. My car had never done that before and had never since that day done anything like that again. I eventually flagged someone down for help who ended up being a local, and they recommended we push it onto the road a few feet ahead, which I thought was odd. What difference could that make? Once we rolled it onto the main road, sure enough, my car started. Next, we'll move on to Loudonville, specifically Loudon Cottage. Supposedly, you can see the ghost of Abraham Lincoln in this summer home owned by Clara Harris, the woman who sat next to the president when he was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth. When President Lincoln was shot, Clara's white dress was stained by Lincoln's blood. So upon returning home to this cottage, she had a special closet built for it and then had it sealed up. Only to one day see his spirit in a rocking chair staring at it. The closet was bricked up, but reports later indicated sounds of gunshots and sightings of a young, blood-soaked woman with Lincoln. The cottage is not currently open to the public, but tours have been offered in the past. Now we'll head up to Johnstown, the Knox Mansion. 
A historical mansion in the city of Johnstown, this house was built in 1889 by the gelatin magnate and businessman Charles Knox, who owned Knox Gelatin and the Knox Gelatin Factory, which also resides in Johnstown. It has 42 rooms, an elevator, a grand staircase, a solid lava ash fireplace, which was an import from a castle in Italy. Guests have said that they that lights have flickered, lamps dropped, footsteps heard, voices heard, ghosts sighted, cold feelings felt, sheets have been pulled off, pianos being played by themselves, and other phenomenon. Children have reported see, have reportedly seen the long since deceased gardener who apparently loved the company of the children. Another rumor is a stillborn baby that was reported to be buried beneath the house in one of the few dirt holes in the basement. This, however, has yet to be confirmed. Now we'll head over to Saratoga Springs. The Bachelor Mansion Inn. One of America's greatest Victorian houses, the Bachelor Mansion is an American architectural masterpiece. It is an elegant mixture of a small hotel and a living history museum with the intimate feel of a bed and breakfast. This home has gone through many changes over the years and today has been restored to all its original brilliance and sits as the crown jewel of Saratoga Springs. The Bachelor Mansion Inn has been featured on HGTV's Front Door series for its Victorian architecture and was used as the filming location for the motion picture thriller, The Skeptic. With so much history and character, does, do George Bachelor, his family, and his friends still roam the halls of their splendid home years later? Tales of supernatural experiences have been shared by the Bachelor Mansions Inn staff and guests alike. The Albany Paranormal Research Society, APRS, a proud TAPS family member, had the pleasure of investigating the location twice previously with results of evidence captured. Next, we'll go to the Canfield Casino over in Congress Park in Saratoga Springs. The Canfield Casino was originally dubbed the Saratoga Clubhouse and was established in the late 1800s by professional boxer John Morrissey. Upon opening the clubhouse, Morrissey only had three rules, no ladies allowed, cash only, and no locals. These restrictions allowed the club to take on an exclusive nature that contributed to it becoming one of the world's most renowned gambling houses of the era. In addition to the casino being one of Saratoga's most historic and aesthetically pleasing establishments, it has also been noted as one of the most haunted. Given its extensive history, there have been several theories as to who may still lurk around the building. From the countless number of individuals who tried their luck at gambling over the centuries or the previous owners, some say they have experienced paranormal presences throughout the halls. It has been said that in the 1990s, a visitor saw a woman dressed in Victorian era gown roaming through the corridors. This occurrence, this occurrence, this occurred once more in 2007 when a Saratoga Springs History Museum volunteer stated a woman dressed in Victorian clothing approached their group, asked a question, and vanished into the air. From 2007 through 2010, the reported paranormal incidences increased. In 2009, during an exhibition opening, a patron had a glass slapped from her hand by a ghostly presence. Also, a volunteer and an employee of the casino have claimed that they witnessed a lid on the garbage can fly into the air and crash onto the ground on its own. 
Additionally, there have been reports of the smell of cigar smoke when no one is smoking, objects moving in rooms that had been locked for the night, sudden freezing temperatures, hostile energy, and other strange, unexplainable occurrences. In the summer of 2010, Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters came to the area to check out the Canfield Casino in Congress Park. The team searched the winding corridors of the three-story complex with much of the paranormal activity on the third floor. An intermittent electromagnetic field on the third floor is said to be the result of a ghost activity. The team also explored hair pulling and touching during recording. Saratoga's resort hotel and popular wedding venue has long seen reports of mysterious figures and wedding photos, objects moving, and cold spots. Oh man, these are just a few of so many more that we'll definitely explore. Have any of you ever been to these places or experienced any of what I spoke about there? Oh my god, if you have, please email me and tell me. On a little side note, I also wanted to mention a few great books if you enjoy reading about local lore, a few of which we'll definitely delve into a little more. The first is Saratoga County Ghosts by David Pitkin. This one holds a special place in my heart because unbeknownst to me until I got home, I actually picked up and had acquired a copy that the author had autographed, and he wrote a a little something interesting inside. It reads, Life and love really do continue on. Enjoy the history and the mystery. David Pitkin. Another great book is Supernatural Saratoga, written by Mason Winfield, as well as Ghosts of the New York Capital District by Renee Mallet. I know these three books are just within the capital region, so if you know of any other books about paranormal history, about other 518 locations, please email us. I also wanted to make sure I mentioned the wonderful sources I got some of today's information from, including NewYorkUpstate.com, HauntedHistoryTrail.com, HauntedPlaces.com, PocketSites.com, TheMindsJournal.com, and Saratoga.com. Well, friends... That's all for today, but be sure to keep an eye out for new episodes weekly and check out our website, haunted518.com, where you can listen, share your story, find and follow our Haunted 518 Facebook and and at the Haunted 518 Instagram, and subscribe for updates. So until next time, happy haunting.